everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and guys, it's been a while. Uh, I'm looking back at uh, the old podcast, and the last one was the Oscars conversation, which was, uh, gosh, I feel like that was forever ago. I think that was like two weeks ago. Um, So I think it's about time for me to explain. So uh, after that Oscars podcast, uh, I actually haven't been to the movies since. And um, my wife and I actually, we took a trip to San Diego last week. So that's why we were busy. We were on vacation. It was my wife's 30th birthday and um, she wanted to spend it in San Diego. Originally, we were planning on doing a cruise, but uh, we weren't able to get our passports in time because we really wanted to do something exactly on her birthday, which was January 22nd. And so um, I was like, oh, but you've never been to Disneyland, right? And so uh, we went to Disneyland on her birthday. We also went to the San Diego Zoo, checked out a couple beaches. But yeah, so we spent the entire Wednesday of last week uh, in Disneyland. We went on all the rides, uh, I had a list of them here somewhere, but uh, I was just because that's who I am. I was like, okay, so the ticket price is this much. If we divide it by every single ride that we went on, how much did each ride cost per person? And uh, so, yeah, I'm not very fun to be with. But yeah, we went on Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain, Star Tours. Actually, got to do Smuggler's Run in Rise of uh, of Galaxy's Edge. Was not able to do the Rise of the Resistance because those tickets sold out within the first thirty minutes of the park opening, and we got there uh, an hour after the park opened and stayed there till we were there for probably eight hours. Uh, my wife had her Fitbit on, and it showed we ended up actually walking about six miles that day, which was awesome. But yeah, we did. Uh, what else did we do? We did. Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, we did the Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones, and it was nice because it was in the middle of the week, so it wasn't terribly crowded. Uh, I think the longest we waited was for Space Mountain, and that's because we didn't use a fast pass. It was like a 30-minute wait. Uh, all the other rides, I had the, the max pass through the app, and so I was able to book them from anywhere in the park, and so we were waiting like 10 minutes per ride, which was awesome. And uh, shout out to the people at Disneyland too. They always do such a good job of making that place so special. They treated my wife great. Always, everyone was wishing her a happy birthday because she had a little birthday pin on that they gave her. The food was delicious, and I got an awesome Baby Yoda uh, jersey tee. It's like a long sleeve jersey. It's got him peeking out of my pouch in the front of the shirt. On the back, it says The Mandalorian. Incredibly comfortable. And uh, a lot of people have been like, oh, I love The Mandalorian now when they see my shirt. And I'm like, hey, thanks. Me too. Uh, so no, we had an awesome time. Great trip. And so yeah, we I, I've been watching movies. I just haven't gone to the theater. And so one of the the things I'm going to do, two of the things I guess we're going to do in this episode is I'm going to go over my, uh, my top TV shows of 2019. Uh, those are going to be those are the TV shows that I watched during the year uh, of 2019. So some of them are maybe older shows, some of them are maybe just a season or so. But it's just my top movies, just TV shows that I saw last year. And then I'm going to go just talk a little bit about the movies that I've seen with a tip because uh, I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of times that I'm struggling to watch, like, oh, what am I going to watch next? I never know, especially when it comes to movies because there's just so many movies out there. So um, we'll actually go. I'll just talk about that first real quick. So essentially, my younger brother, Joey, he recommended he has this app on his phone that's a spin the wheel app. And so you can actually put in texts, uh, 
within whatever wheel you want to use and then you just spin the wheel and it picks your movie for you which is awesome so uh what i was trying to do or what i decided one of my new year's resolutions was all of the movies that i had purchased so far like 4ks criterion movies there's a lot of them that i hadn't watched yet and i'd I'd gotten them because it was like oh they're on sale i gotta snag this so it doesn't sell out and then it was like, I'll watch them, you know, when I can. And so I was like, you know what? I'm pay- paying all this money for these movies. I need to be watching them. And especially because some of them, like the Criterion ones and the, the 4Ks, they would be rewatches, right? Like they're movies that I saw in theaters or I had already seen um, prior and was like, oh, I've got to get this on Criterion. So I uh, made a little spin the wheel and I'm almost through it, which is great. I've gotten through quite a few films. So um, I'll just real briefly, we'll do that. And then we'll, I'll talk about the list. Cause again, these aren't, none of these are movies that are in theaters, uh, but I just wanted to give them shout outs because so far all of them have been just great. And um, I also watched, we watched a, uh, before I get into that, we watched the uh, the murder of Lacey Peterson uh, on Hulu in our hotel when we were in San Diego. Uh, if none of you have seen that, I would really recommend watching it because it uh, it's really good. It was uh, really enjoyable. A lot of I had kind of been I obviously was alive during when that all happened, but didn't follow it that much. And uh, so I learned a lot of new stuff. And the whole big thing about this thing, this uh, documentary, was that it's very possible that the husband didn't murder the wife. Uh, but the problem was the media took took it and ran with it and essentially pegged him as the murderer, essentially like trial by media. And the media pegged him as a murderer and thus the masses believed that he was a murderer just because he was a cheater and my wife and I were like, I don't think he did it. And so I, I'm just, here's my official statement on the matter. And this, honestly, this should be every single person's statement on the matter because this is this is how it is. Based on everything that I saw in here, everything that I've seen, they go through the whole trial. There was a lot of spots in the trial where they, they did not have evidence, where the police withheld evidence or didn't think that it was pertinent to bring up, and it 100% was evidence that would have probably cleared the husband. But even with that said, all that information aside, here's here's the final thought. There was not enough evidence to convict him of not only first-degree murder but the death penalty. Absolutely not. I would have uh, I would have either dismissed the trial or I would have give I would have made him not guilty. He it's it's absolutely possible that he killed his wife, but based on everything that was displayed, every bit of evidence that was shared, it is really hard to prove that he did so. He had a pretty solid alibi. Uh, there were multiple people that saw her walking the day of when she was dis- disappeared. There was also a burglary next door, and those burglar people knew didn't know her, but later on when those people were arrested and put in jail, they were talking about uh, her as if they took her and killed her. And uh, but no one wanted to investigate that. So whether or not he did it, there's not enough evidence to have convicted him of murder, which is crazy that they were able to do that. And again, they really went into the jurors themselves. And a lot of those jurors were incredibly biased, publicly biased, which is a complete no, no, the whole the whole trial was a sham. So that's my thought on the matter. But it was good. It was called the murder of Lacey Peterson is on is any but uh, like I said, it was on Hulu It was only six episodes. Uh, So since we last spoke, which was when I watched um, I spoke about 1917. Uh, the movies that I had seen were um, E2 Mama Tambien, Jupiter Ascending, The Killing, Dreams, 
Adventureland, and The Wages of Fear. So we'll start with Itu Mama Tambien. That was a, a Criterion one, uh, and I had not seen that movie prior. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. It um, was a really well-made and well-shot film. Uh, that's probably because I believe it was Emmanuel Lubitsky who did the, the Chivo himself, who did the camera work along with this being a, uh, I believe this is an Alfonso, not an Alfonso Cuaron, but yeah, it's Alfonso Cuaron and Carlos Cuaron, and Alfonso were the writers, which is cool, really cool. But yeah, the cinematographer was Emmanuel Lubitsky, so congrats to him, really well shot in its stars. Maribel Verdu, Gail Garcia Bernal, and um, what's the guy's name? Ped, not Pedro Pascal, uh, Diego Luna. Um, but it was good. It's about it's about these two guys who kind of get into a romantic relationship with this older woman during one summer, and it, it's essentially a coming-of-age movie, uh, just, that's really all it is, but it's, it was really good. It's a really dialogue driven movie, story driven movie. Uh, like I said, I really liked it. And, um, there, uh, it's probably, I don't, it's not the best movie in the world. I gave it a seven out of 10. Uh, next up though, is a really bad movie, which is Jupiter ascending. So, um, we were like, okay, we got to see this. It's on Netflix. I've been dying to watch this for a long time. Cause I'm a big fan of those space type movies like, uh, Valerian and the city of a thousand planets, cloud Atlas, John Carter, that sort of stuff. This movie was just terrible. And the concept was interesting, but the filming, the acting, everything about it was just really, really bad. Um, I, it's really hard to even explain, and honestly, I've forgotten a lot about it, but it's like, she was an heiress, honestly, I don't know, and honestly, who cares, I, it, it was bad, and I felt so bad, because I love Channing Tatum, I love Mila Kunis, I love the Wachowskis, this just was not a good movie, and if you haven't seen it, the only reason I would say for you to see it is just to see how bad it is. If you really are one of those people that's like, yeah, I can sit through a bad movie. Try it out and see. Maybe you'll like it. There are some good parts in the movie for sure. The CGI was actually really good. But yeah, it prompted me to look up the movie and I'm like, wow, this movie absolutely bombed at the box office, both critically and uh, box office wise. So yeah, not good. That's a five out of 10. Um, next up though is a phenomenal movie, The Killing. This is a Stanley Kubrick movie from 1956. It's about it's what I would I would call probably one of the best heist movies uh, out there. So it's essentially a movie about this group of guys who are coordinating robbing a um, a horse race essentially the the money that is taken up at the horse race. And so each of them have their own part to play. And there's some twists and turns in the film. It's a very short movie. It's only an hour and 24 minutes long. But I gave it a 9 out of 10. It is so good. It is incredibly well shot for the time. And I guess that's a you know a testament to Stanley Kubrick. Along with the directing and the, the just the way... It's, it's a movie that does not feel like it was made in 1956. It definitely feels like at least 20 years older than that. In terms of just some of the things that the people say. And the, the way the story, the twists and turns. It's just it's a highly intelligent movie. I would really recommend checking it out. Um, and then the other one too, another 9 out of 10, Akira Kurosawa's Dreams, uh, which is uh, from 1990. It's two hours long. Another Criterion film along with The Killing. And uh, this is just one of those really trippy movies where it's essential. It's literally just a movie about some dreams that Kurosawa had. So he, you may know him from Seven Samurai, Sanjaro and Yohimbo, Rashomon, 
um, Ikaru, he was in a, a Cage Musha, I think, Ran. He's done a lot of, he's a very, very famous and well-known Japanese filmmaker. And this was one of his final films. What's cool, too, is Martin Scorsese is in this film. He plays Vincent Van Gogh. And this film is also executive produced by Steven Spielberg. But it is literally just a bunch of vignettes that are, that are it's like an anthology movie. And each movie starts out with a black screen that says, I had another dream. And then it's this really well, like there's a dream about a kid who spies on a fox's wedding. Uh, it's, it's, cra- it's as crazy as it sounds. There's another one where this kid is talking to the physical embodiment of trees, some, some blossom trees that were chopped down. It's just, it's it's a movie that has, it has to be seen to be believed. It's that good. It's one of those films that you need to see this movie before you die, sort of thing. And obviously, and I gave it a not an. I had it at a ten originally. When I watched it again, I gave it a nine only because it does drag in a couple of spots, but it can be forgiven because overall, it's like like I said, it's just absolutely incredible. And so then that was uh, that was everything during that week that you know I wasn't recording. And so then my wife and I we went and stayed at my brother's house because he lives pretty close to the airport. And so that night we all watched Adventureland, which is uh, just a great movie. It's one of my brother's favorite movies. But we uh, we all watched it. I love that movie. It's with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Uh, just a as my wife described it, it's one of those movies that you can just watch anytime. Like it's it's such a timeless movie. It is so fun and funny. It's about a guy who uh, is, he was supposed to go to grad school after he graduated college, but his parents couldn't afford it, so he's going to work at the Adventureland theme park in town. And it's another one of those coming of age, sort of figuring out who you are type stories that just Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart do such a good job. Ryan Reynolds is in it. There's also some great uh, supporting characters of, uh, what's his face, the guy from, um, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Martin Starr, and then it's got a lot of good adult actors as well, like Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, they're both in it, and um, it's just, it's like I said, it's a classic movie, so if you haven't seen that one too, I would definitely recommend checking out Adventureland, and then like I said, we watched uh, The Murder of Lacey Peterson, which was good, I gave that a 7 out of 10 overall, uh, and I started watching the Aaron Hernandez one, which was interesting, but um, we'll see if I get into it, we just started watching um the third season of uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and we also started watching the the last season of Grace and Frankie. So there's a that along with that, I'm also watching the Clone Wars. I'm I'm almost done with the third season, and I've been loving that show too. So I've just that's why a little less on the movie side, and that's it's funny too because that's kind of January in 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 um, Hollywood. January is where a lot of the movies that people think aren't going to do well, they kind of get put in January. And we're seeing that now with like The Turning, The Gentleman. Uh, there's just a lot of movies right now that either, oh, I mean, there's movies always that aren't doing well, but these are those, okay, you know, they specifically put them in January because they knew they weren't going to do well type movies. Um, so I haven't been to the theater yet. And I, I do want to see Underwater. My brother saw it and said it was really good. But I just, we're, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, so I don't know when I'm going to get to go to the theater again. But I'm going to have to because I'm paying for the AMC Stubbs Pass, so I'm going to have to make that money worth it. And eventually, um, we're going to, things are going to start creeping up. So for those of you that aren't aware, too, we can kind of talk about this briefly. Oh, I'll talk quickly about The Wages of Fear. Uh, my brother and I watched that last night. So that's a, it's a French movie. It's it's two hours and 11 minutes long from 1953. It's in black and white. And it's a really stressful movie. It's, it's about uh, these guys who are transporting nitroglycerin in a truck across the country. 
and it's a dangerous ride, and so they have to drive very slowly, otherwise they'll explode and die. And so that's, I mean, that's all I kind of would want to say, and I don't want to spoil anything other than that, but it's it's a good movie. Like, it's a really well-made movie. The dialogue is great. It's pretty funny, and it's just overall one probably one of the most stressful movies out there in terms of, like, you know, there's movies like Crawl and uh, the not The Shallows. I think it's The Shallows. Uh, just the shark movies. Like this is up there with them because this is just you're like, oh my god, like no. Well, they're, they're they almost hit a pothole sort of thing. Like, oof, very very stressful. But uh, yeah, so what I was gonna say though is I recently went and added all the movies to my watch list for 2020 uh, for all the ones that I'm looking forward to. And so I'll go I'll go over those with you guys just so that you know kind of what is on the horizon. Like I said, there'll be more ones that I'll end up going to the theaters to see. But these are all the ones that I absolutely really want to see. Uh, one of them is Color Out of Space. I've heard some really good things about this. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. <clears throat> Actually heard about it by seeing it on the... I go to blu-rayreleases.com and that'll tell you when all the new blu-rays come out and so that was on there but it's also just now coming to theaters which is cool I guess um, Birds of Prey I'm looking forward to that and I had these are all in order of their release date so Birds of Prey comes out in two weeks and then from there I think is when you know it'll be movie season again so we've got Birds of Prey The Invisible Man looks interesting I saw that trailer Guns Akimbo also looks really interesting A Quiet Place Part 2 I was hesitant about that one but once I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, this looks good. Um, of course, Mulan. I cannot wait. That's one of my favorite Disney movies, so I'm really excited to see how that one goes up. Uh, the New Mutants. After the new trailer for New Mutants, I really want to see this movie, especially because of Anya Taylor-Joy as magic. Uh, James Bond, No Time to Die. I already commented on that. The trailer does not look like anything special, but I love James Bond, so I'm going to be checking it out. Um, Promising Young Woman. I don't know much about this, but I remembered I saw a trailer of it, and I really liked it. Um, seeks out vengeance. It says it's about a woman who seeks out vengeance, and and I'm always down for those kinds of revenge movies. Uh, Antebellum. I know nothing about this film other than I think um, Janelle Monae is in it, and I just it looks so weird in a, in a great way. So I can't wait. Uh, then we got classic Black Widow. Looking forward to that. Uh, Fast and Furious Nine. I'm excited for that. It says that's coming out May 22nd. Artemis Fowl, one of my favorite books growing up, finally is coming out in the end of May. Wonder Woman 1984, of course. Top Gun Maverick, I, I'm kind of a fan of the first Top Gun, but I want to see this just because uh, I feel like I have to. Like, I've got to see what made them think that another Top Gun movie would be necessary and good, so we'll see. Uh, but here's one that I know is going to be good, Tenet. This comes out July 17th. That's the new Christopher Nolan movie. Holy cow, that's going to be awesome. Uh, and then we've got Jungle Cruise, which comes out in July, so I think they're thinking that's going to be a big one. That's with The Rock and uh, um, what's her, Emily Blunt. Uh, and I, that was, I'm excited for that now that I went on the Jungle Cruise so recently. Same with Morbius. That comes out in July, and uh, looking forward to Morbius too, based on the trailer. Monster Hunter with, uh, um, what was it, Mila Jovovich is in it, and um, I don't know much about this, I just saw it, and I, um, I've i never played the Monster Hunter game, but I always liked the thought of it, because I love monsters, and big dinosaurs, and dragons, so I think that'll be interesting, it could also be incredibly terrible, but we'll see, um, <clears throat> saw this here too, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, this comes out September 11th, yikes, of uh, 2020, uh, we'll see about that. I, I put it on there. This is, like I said, these are all the ones when I saw them, I was like, ooh, this looks good. Venom 2 comes out October 2nd. Death on the Nile is uh, October 9th. 
which is the next Hercule Poirot movie, uh, which looks like it's going to be interesting for sure because Gal Gadot is in it, Army Hammer. Uh, I thought I saw Anna Diarmas, but I might be wrong on that one. But we got like Kenneth Branagh. I just I, I loved the Murder on the Orient Express. I love Daisy Ridley in that too. But um, so we'll see. Ooh, Halloween Kills, October sixteenth, the sequel to Halloween. Looking forward to that one for real. That look, I can't wait. Uh, and then we got the Eternals in November. Uh, in November, we've got the Eternals and Godzilla versus Kong. We'll see if those hang on to their release dates. Eternals, obviously, but maybe they'll push back Godzilla. It seems weird that it's coming out in November. And then Dune, which comes out December 18th. That's Denis Villeneuve. Uh, holy cow. I love Denis, as as you guys heard in the top films of the decade. Can't wait to see what he does with Dune. So, um, like I said, though, I'm going to go over my top 10 list of shows. Uh, I'm almost positive that I haven't gone over this already. Uh, I was looking through my podcast, and um, I feel like I did, because I'm looking at it right now, and looking at, like, Watchmen, Mob, Psycho. I am almost positive that I did uh, did these, but if not, hey, I'm going to do them now, and if I did, I really apologize, and you can just end this. I'm just going to say these, and then we'll end them, so you do not have to listen any further if for some way you have heard me say these before, but my top 10 TV shows of 2019. Number 10 is Love, Death, and Robots. That was the Netflix uh, the Netflix one that was 19 episodes. They're little shorts. Just awesome. That was so cool. I loved all of the different film styles and all in it. I can't wait for more um, number nine, Dragon Ball Super. I finished that right at the end of the year. Uh, so that was a big undertaking. I watched that entire series last year and, uh, really liked it. It was a little repetitive, but it was good. Uh, and then number eight, The Mandalorian, of course, loved The Mandalorian, thought that was fantastic. Shit's Creek. Uh, my wife and I binge watched that this year or last year. Uh, and I just, that's now one of my favorite comedy shows of all time. So, Really happy I got to see that. Loved the... My favorite character in that show... Actually, I should probably be doing that in all these. I don't know who my favorite character of Love, Death, and Robots would be because they're all different. My favorite character for Dragon Ball Super uh, would have to be Goku. Um, Of course, why wouldn't it be? I mean, he was hilarious. I watched it dubbed. Um, And then Mandalorian, obviously, favorite character, Baby Yoda. Number seven, or Shit's Creek, my favorite character is The Sun, um, played by Dan Levy. Uh, David Rose, I just thought he was awesome, beautiful and hilarious, uh, just did a fantastic job, I, I want to see more of him, uh, number six, Naruto, the first uh, series, uh, when he's a little kid, uh, watched that whole thing last year as well, looking to watch Naruto Shippuden this year, uh, so we'll see how that goes, but Naruto was just phenomenal, favorite character in that show is probably Rock Lee, though uh, I would say Naruto and Sasuke are right there too. Uh, Number five, His Dark Materials. That was the new HBO show based on the Golden Compass, Subtle Knife, and Amber Spyglass books by Philip Pullman. Uh, Just awesome. Such a good show. Uh, Great show, actually. An incredible show. I gave it a nine. We're in nine out of... These are all nine out of tens. So I just... I thought that was phenomenal. And uh, my favorite, obviously, was Lyra. She was just so... Uh, Daphne Keene playing her. It's just nice to see her in a different role from Wolverine. <clears throat> so now we're moving into the 10s. 
Number four, Daredevil. I watched the final third season of Daredevil last year, and it was incredible. It blew my mind. I couldn't have been happier for a last season, and for that to be all we're going to get for Daredevil makes me really happy uh, because all three seasons of Daredevil were nothing short of amazing. So uh, my favorite character in that was probably Daredevil himself, though if not, it was uh, Bullseye. And then number three, Mob Psycho 100. If you guys haven't seen this, this is an anime from 2016. My cousin and I watched this, and uh, it's two seasons. It's only 25 episodes, but that's a 10 out of 10. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. And a lot of these next ones are the, some of the best shows I've ever seen. So um, it's rare that we get this because it's. I don't watch a lot of TV, and I watched a lot of great TV last year. So Mob Psycho 100 is about a kid who has psychic powers that are like he can you know manipulate matter, teleport, all all kinds of random stuff. I don't know if he can teleport, but uh, it's based on his emotions. And I don't want to say any more than that because it would be spoiling the show. It's just one of those shows where the person just keeps getting more and more powerful and fights increasingly powerful demons and then uh number two it, my favorite character in that obviously is the kid mob uh number two watchmen uh that series and i've now heard tale that is only going to be this one season thank god uh the minute that people were saying we need a second season i was like that's because um that's because tv has trained you to constantly want more and more and more and more and more and then eventually it just gets diluted the best example i can tell you is the office the office was phenomenal for like four or five seasons and then it tanked for like three seasons and it only got better at the very end but there's just you there's a magic to having less and that's there's a reason why people say less is more so uh with there only being one season of watchmen i'm so happy about that maybe in another 10 years they can make another season that uh is based on something else that's dealing with current day sort of stuff maybe at that point if the earth is still around uh, they can do something in regards to how the earth is burning or something but uh watchmen was just incredible and one of the most powerful shows for me it's very rare that i watch a show and get so inspired by it and i really felt inspired in this watching that show to learn more about uh racial uh issues that were taking place in the country that i had not been taught about and i kind of talked about on prior podcasts but it got me into reading some Tanahisi Coates stuff. I read some really good articles in regards to the um, the Tulsa massacre. I've got a, a book I'm trying to get now, The Burning, that uh, Damian Lindelof suggested. That's a really good book about the Tulsa massacre. Just it made me wake up a, a lot in regards to the things that have been going on in our country towards minorities and just I mean it's sad. Because, you know, most of the time people don't want that in their entertainment. They want to be entertained. But for me, I want to learn things. And so to learn all that stuff that I didn't know prior, I had heard about the Tulsa massacre when I was in college, but I didn't dive into it a lot. I, I learned about it. It was like, wow, that's terrible. And then I kind of forgot about it. And this show really just like I haven't stopped thinking about it since that show came out. So that's just a testament to how powerful that show was for me. 10 out of 10. And my favorite character in that show was, uh, I think it was probably Looking Glass, but if not Looking Glass, 100% Night Sister um, or Sister Night. Night Sister is, uh, that's the Clone Wars. Okay, and then number one is Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaiba. That's, uh, it was a new anime that came out this year, 27 episodes. Uh, one of the, well, I mean, it's it's there. It's been the best anime that I've ever seen so far. So uh, it's just the, the animation, the storytelling, the... Uh, the characters that are in it, it's it's hard to explain. It's about a guy, a kid, who his sister is kind of turned into a demon, and so he is trying to cure her, but at the same time hunt demons. And it's just, it's one of the most emotional show that I've ever seen in terms of like 
the highest highs, the lowest lows, the best fights, the saddest moments. Like the show pulls no punches. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no, oh, everything's going to go back to normal this next episode. It's like constantly a freight train moving forward. And pun intended on that one because I think there's going to be a movie coming that's on a train. Uh, which is, I guess, part of whatever the next season is or something like that. But it was incredible. So that was my favorite show of the whole year. Uh, And it beat out Watchmen just because um, there's obviously some parts of Watchmen that was like, eh. But for the most part, Watchmen was just phenomenal. But Kamitsu or or Demon Slayer is uh, just... There's just something about that show that is just so artistic in what it is, and Watchmen was incredibly artistic too. So it's hard to say, but that's why I just put Demon Slayer up top because I, I don't think I'll ever forget Demon Slayer, and that was the last show that I watched in 2019 too. I watched an episode of it right at the end of the year to kind of celebrate the end of the year. But those were my top shows of 2019. So. Um, I enjoyed a lot of TV. There's a lot of other TV that didn't make the cut, but for the most part, those were the best things that I watched. Hopefully you guys have all watched those as well. Uh, but if not, there you go. You got some recommendations. So, uh, getting back into the swing of things, I have no more vacations planned for quite some time now. And, and we're kind of gearing up to make some changes in our life in terms of, uh, I think we're in the process of looking for a new house. Uh, which we don't want to say. I don't want to say too much on because we're we're pretty big on jinxing, and so we don't want to jinx anything. But um, got that going on. My wife and I are both starting up school, and then um, work's picking up as well. So uh, I'm gonna try and podcast as much as I can. But just look for uh, depending on the amount of movies that I watch, I will still try and do a movie podcast a week. And then we've still got the monthly uh, book club podcast for comics. That's going to be that that should come out. I'll try and have that out next weekend for uh, Captain Phasma. And then obviously we'll still have our monthly comic discussion on any of the new comics that I've been reading. So for comics and cinema, thanks so much for listening, guys. And I'll see you at the movies. (laughs) 